Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. Today's episode is a little off the cuff. I need to get some shit off my chest. I spent some time writing this out and I'm definitely going to read what I wrote, but then the rest of it is just, you know, going to be my style, a little bit of a rant, a little bit of a roll. So let's just get into this. I first want you guys to know that I unconditionally love you. If you were listening to this episode and you're taking the time, thank you so, so, so much. So let's talk about the burning elephant in the room. What we saw today on January 6, 2021 was the most disgraceful and disheartening thing I've ever seen next to the unlawful slaying of black and brown people in this country. Say her name, Breonna Taylor. I wish I could tell you I was mad, outraged, pissed off, but in all honesty, I'm not. I don't have the energy for it. I don't even have the patience for it. I'm sad. So what I wanna tell you is this, I love this country and I hope the words that I share with you tonight find their way into your heart and plant the seed of compassion that grows the tree of love for this country and for anyone that looks like me. Because for as long as I can remember and my parents can remember and their parents can remember, anyone that looks like me is considered less than. I had the privilege of waking up every day to parents that loved me in my youth and did their best to shield me from the ugliness and the tragedies that they had to endure in their youths. I'm reminded of a time when I was a kid and I was riding my bicycle. I couldn't have been more than maybe 13, 12 years old. Uh, it's maybe around seven o'clock at night, late fall. And if you guys are familiar with the town of Manassas, Virginia, there's this long road called Sudley Manor Road, maybe about seven, eight miles long. And I remember just, you know, riding my little bicycle down the sidewalk and I see a police car go down the same way and I'm on the opposite side. So I'm going, you know, I'm swimming against the traffic here. Later on, a couple minutes, that cop car comes right back up. You know, pays no mind, I think at least. And then it stopped. And I definitely noticed it. Kind of like my Negro Spidey sense just went right on. It backed up, flipped its light on, and the cops just pulled me over. 12, 13 year old kid on a bicycle. Hey, what are you doing? Riding my bicycle? Where are you going? Home? Where were you? My friend's house. Who's your friend? Josh? Where does he live? Over there. Where do you live? Over there. What are you doing? Going home? We're gonna have you get in the car. I didn't think anything of it as a kid because I just was under the assumption that the police are here to do great things and help me. Why are you putting a 13 year old boy in a squad car? So moving on, we get to my house and I'll never forget that look on my dad's face. He comes out and the police officers are talking to him. And I look back at it now and it's one of three things. He came out to that squad car and he thought his son was dead. He came out to that squad car and he thought his son was arrested. Now I truly realize he came out and that face wasn't because I was dead. It wasn't because he thought I was arrested and caught up in something. It was because I got my first taste of the treatment and the reality of what I'm going to endure for the rest of my life. And I was so oblivious to it. He was so mad and I couldn't tell if he was mad at me or whatever. I just remember when he got in the house, he was just so angry, went in the room, locked the door, talked to my mom. They're arguing about it. And for a long time, I thought I did something wrong. It's only now that this memory comes back in my mind so crystal clear that my dad was so ashamed and so embarrassed 
that I had to experience something that I could not fully process. And I don't think he knew how to explain to a 13 year old boy that this is how you are perceived and this is how you are going to be treated. Even in a neighborhood where we scraped every penny that we had to move you. And mind you, it was only like seven to 10 blocks away from where I did live in a townhome district with a lot of people who looked like me, but they wanted me in a better school district. I talked to my mom maybe like six years, seven years ago. And I asked her, I was like, why did you move us out of that townhome? We had all these friends. We had people who look like this. She told me that you kids were going nowhere fast and that community did not have anything to offer you. And me and your father knew if we just moved you seven blocks down to a different zip code and put you in a community where kids that were more affluent than you and smarter, just as affluent as you and just as smart as you and less affluent than you and not as smart as you, you would still have a better opportunity to be afforded the things that they were guaranteed at birth. I mean, wow. The cosmos just opened up. I mean, that's fuel for the echo chamber. Now, fast forward to January 6, 2021. Not a damn thing has changed. Bad behavior based on the color of your skin receives a different treatment. No tear gas, no armed guards, no riot police, no national guard, no nothing. But if it was the other way around, you, can you tell me it wouldn't be a bloodbath? Can you tell me it wouldn't be tear gas? You can't. I mean, if you can, I'd love to hear this argument. I'd be super curious to have this conversation with you. Be psyched on it, honestly. But what I really want to say is this is I need your help. We need your help. We need you to fight with your wallets. We need to fight with your privilege. You need to weaponize anything that you have. This is not okay. This is not acceptable. I mean, storming the Capitol building for people who say they love this country. This is a very odd way to show it. Listen, I love America. Listen, I don't care that America doesn't love me the way that I wish it would. Because I don't have the time, the privilege, or even the ability to care. I have to keep moving forward for whatever children that I want to have and bring into this world. I have to keep moving forward, but I cannot do this alone, but I will if I have to. And if you're listening to this, I believe very firmly, very strongly that you are going to help me make sure that I don't have to do this alone. I'd like to end on this note. If you're here, you care. You give a damn and I need you to put something on the line. I need you to hold the line. I need you to strategize, to plan, to mobilize so we can fight this. I want to fight it with hugs and love. I'm not afraid to fight it with this. I will not bring bullets and blood, but I'll be damned if I take one without giving one. I know it sounds so contradictory, but such is life. So... Sends and Suffers family, I need you guys to come up because we're not going to send this route alone. And I need you to suffer just as much as you're willing to suffer on your project, just as much as you're willing to suffer on that big route, just as much as you're willing to suffer in training. But I need you to suffer with me and stand with me. Mm -hmm.